Welcome to Snap, Crackle, Pop. This is episode five. My name is Chris Trino. My name is Fitz Kane. And for our last episode of the semester, aw, we are joined by a very special guest, our one and only friend. Your one and only friend. <laughs> <laughs> My only friend. We're thrilled to be joined by Eliza today. Hi. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't get that. It's okay. It's okay. It was great. First guest on the podcast um, just in time. And we are really thrilled about today's theme because we will be recapping 2023 in music. We're going to be talking about our favorite albums from this year. We're calling it Snapshot. Um, and we're going to get into the best of the best this year. Mm-hmm. But I guess before we talk about the albums specifically that inspired us, uh, made us happy, made us sad, what do we think of 2023 as a year in music overall? What are our thoughts? Well, first, just let me reiterate how happy we are to have you here, Eliza. Um, <laughs> all three of us, I think, have a very unique um, take on this year's music. So I'm really excited to get into this. But in general, I have to say this wasn't the most impressive year for music for me. Um, like when I start to hair down you know what is my like top five top ten list um and then I kind of compare that to last year's there's just not quite as many projects that really wowed me um that being said there are some all-timers from this year so there there's definitely material to work Eliza what do you think I agree with Fitz there's kind of just one album which i think we can all agree is an all-timer but otherwise you know this had this year had its regular highs and lows you know um not gonna go down in history as one of the greatest years in music but you know we have a lot to be thankful for (laughs) well Um, yes in the in the time of thanksgiving yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly Eliza is referring to a musical achievement that we're going to get to later in the episode. So basically the way this is going to work today, um, Chris and I have prepared a list of our top five albums of the year. um, And Eliza has prepared a list of three. So we're each going to be talking about some of our individual picks. um, And then there is going to be a Socratic seminar um, surrounding the number one and two um, picks because I believe that we're all in agreement, um, which is quite a wonderful thing. Agreed. Um, I guess let's just get right into it. So Chris, what is your first pick for 2023's best albums? My number five pick, drum roll, please. It's Raven by Colella. I think this is a fabulous album. Colella is, um, a dance music visionary and electronic R&B music visionary, I might say. Um, She's been on the scene for maybe about 10 years, making some just interesting alternative R&B. And this new record, Raven, that came out in February, um, I think this has maybe stirred some controversy in her fan base, whether it is a worthy successor to her 2017 record, Take Me Apart, which was widely acclaimed. Um, This is a really different record from that because it mostly dips into kind of like ambient and house sounds. Um, You have flavors of techno in there. It's a very quiet pop album, but it has a lot of sultriness and sexiness to it. There are some serious low-key bangers here. Um, It works well as music for the bedroom and the rave, I feel. 
Um, but across the record, I think what grabs me the most is Colella's voice is so versatile and the production is just immaculate, I feel. I think this is a really well-produced record. Um, and it's just such an immersive sonic experience that I have to respect it. The album cover shows her submerged in water and you kind of get what you see with that. Um, I really just compliment her on how much world building went into the project. Yeah, I think this was a really strong record. I did not choose it for my personal top five. Um, it was one of my most anticipated of the year for sure. I think that the singles she chose from this record were perfect. Um, and just really showed her versatility. What we ended up getting was a little bit different than what the singles forecasted, um, as Chris kind of alluded to. Um, it is a pretty low-key record. Um, I don't think that it landed with me in the way that it landed with a lot of people, but that being said, I think that Kalela continues to be a force in R&B and is just super forward-thinking um, and really artful, so... I, I really enjoyed this album as well. Yeah, I really love this album, actually. Um, I feel like I can't testify to it as much as I would like, but um, I think she's a visionary, and I love Contact, and I really love Happy Ending. Both fabulous. Yeah, yeah, those were two of the singles that I was alluding to with Contact, and On the Run for me as well. Um, two of the strongest songs of the year, honestly. I agree. I also love Bruises, a deep cut on the record, but if I had to choose one song from this album to take with me for the rest of time, it's going to be Contact. Good choice. Agreed. Um, well, now I will chime in with one of my picks, or my number five pick specifically. Um, and this record is called Honey by singer-songwriter Samia. Um, Okay, so this is a bit of a controversial pick for The Room. This is her sophomore album following up 2020's The Baby. Um, and I have to admit, I don't think that it reached quite the same heights. Um, I absolutely fell in, Sam fell in love with Samia um, from The Baby. I just think that she has such a impressive voice that is packed with emotion. And her songwriting has a very distinct style to it. Um, very like anecdotal. Um, I will say maybe a little too much at times. That was my biggest qualm with Honey, I believe, is like sometimes that the lyrics got so um, kind of anecdotal and um, quirky. yeah, quirky. Like it was, they're just like detail after detail strung together to a point where sometimes it's kind of hard to stay with her. But all of that aside, this record, surprisingly, has stayed in rotation for me throughout the entire year. And I think there are some extremely strong um, indie pop songs on here, um, some lower key stuff. Um, and yeah, it was just really um, a record that has revealed itself over time for me. I like honey enough like Fitz, i found samia in 2020 during the pandemic when she released her debut the baby which is an album i really adore and for a debut i thought the songwriting was really mature um honey came as a bit of a disappointment to me because 
I feel like this record, she revealed that she attended the Phoebe Bridgers School of Songwriting. <laughs> the lyrics fall into the trap of what I might call alphabet soup or word vomit sometimes. Um, like Fitz said, I just think it gets a bit too anecdotal for me. But I think there are some serious stunners on this album and songs that I do return to quite frequently, um, like Mad at Me, which is a great song produced by Rostam. Um, I also really like uh, Kill Her Freak Out, which was the lead single from the record. Yeah, um, unlike Fitz and Chris, who have tried to get me on the Sammy Bad bandwagon for a while now, um, I, I'm I'm not a huge Samia fan. I think she's really talented. I just, I don't know, I haven't made, we haven't really clicked. Um, but I, yeah, I think Kill, you freak, Kill Her Freak Out is really cool. And I think um, Charm You is Charm amazing. You is That's probably my favorite Samia song. Yeah, Charm You would probably be my number one pick from this album as well. Um, I also want to throw um, in a little shout out to the Closer Dream song, which I just think is so, so beautiful. Um, so yeah, like I said, I have some qualms with this record. It is my number five pick in a year that I already said was not my favorite for music. So we will cease the discussion on that and move on to some albums that I have a little bit more wholehearted love for. Because 2023 was a bit of an up and down year for music overall, my number four pick is actually from the tail end of 2022. Um, I didn't have enough time to spend with it last year when I was considering my favorite albums from that year. And this is, of course, SOS by SZA. This was maybe the most asked about album I had seen on social media in so many years. It took SZA over six years to release this really massive and bloated follow-up to her acclaimed debut, Control, in 2017, which I obviously adored. Like, so many people, that's one of my absolute favorite albums of all time. And at first, when I listened to SOS, which is 23 tracks long, I was nervous about its length, and I felt it was bloated, and that some of its songs weren't going to stick or be memorable. But this has actually stayed in pretty heavy rotation for me throughout this year, and I think that it has... A very different sound than Control, but her songwriting is as sharp as ever. I think that's definitely her best asset alongside her voice. It's just how confessional her lyrics have always been. And there are so many songs on this record that I think expand her sound in a way that was unexpected before the record dropped. And I might opine that this was probably worth the wait. And people can complain about how long it is, but in my opinion, if you're going to wait six and a half years to drop this record, and it's one of the most sought after, it might as well be packed with mostly quality material because there are a couple duds in the track list, which we can touch on, but um, I really like this record. Okay, so here's my thing. I It is indisputable how extremely talented SZA is, and it is indisputable how this, al this record has some incredible tracks on it. Keyword some. Because I agree with Chris that this was a very bloated album to me, and contrary to Chris... I think that it was that there's a lot of tracks on it that have not stayed in rotation for me. Um, and as you mentioned, it was a long wait. And the impression I got from the finished product that was delivered was basically, OK, fine, here you go. Here's just like a collection of all of the tracks I've worked on without a very intentional um, kind of like through line or like track listing and 
it just really hurt the album as a whole for me. Um, that being said, like, it's a great record. It just didn't end up on my list because I have so many qualms with like the way that it was actually packaged in the end. And I just think there's a lot of generic material like between the diamonds in the rough. Um, and I think that that ultimately kind of harms the record for me. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a sin to speak ill on SZA because she's so talented and her lyrics really cut so deep. Um, but I think you describing um, the album as bloated was kind of the perfect descriptor. How many songs are actually on it? 23. 23. That's kind of insane. It is. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it, again, like Fitz said, it kind of lacked a through line. Um, and, you know, it's hard to kind of give the album character if there are 23 songs that all feel all over the place. Um, I can, you know, I couldn't tell you what the vibe is. It's just SZA, giant new album, yeah, finally. Exactly. <laughs> um, but love you, SZA. Yeah, I, again, would agree. I think one thing I'll say about its length is that it's 23 tracks, yes, but it clocks in at an hour, which is not so bad in my opinion because um, there are actually, there's, one record for sure that we know is longer on this list and fewer tracks, which is kind of funny. Um, but we'll get into that. The next pick, uh, my number four pick, uh, definitely does not have the um, bloating problem. Um, and this album is called Heaven Knows by Pink Panthers. Um, it actually clocks in at, I believe, around 32 minutes. Um, this album came out very recently, um, perhaps too recently to make a year-end list some might say but i disagree with those people because this album is a classic already um for those who don't know pink panthers uh she blew up 2019 um on tiktok mostly um known for making really short sugary sweet um pop songs with a lot of kind of break beats drum and bass influence um She's got, you know, pitched up vocals. And I think that a lot of people doubted her shelf life. And I just think that she, th this is her first full length offering. Um, and I just think that it really shows Pink Panthers like at the best of this sound that she's kind of created for herself and that has already been so influential in pop music. I can tell that this album is going to be in rotation for a while. Um, I just think top to bottom, it is really tight. It is, you know, diverse in terms of sound while still like sticking to the unique style that has kind of gotten her to where she is. And another thing that really strikes me about this album is how surprisingly good her lyricism is. Like, she makes very kind of like um, instant gratification pop music. And so you would think that, you know, the lyrics are kind of supplementary, but no, I think the reason that she has gained um, the popularity she has is because she's able to kind of pack her lyrics with 
emotional weight um, while keeping them very like succinct and like easily deliverable. Um, and I just have really been drawn in by how much of a master of like rhythm she is on this album. Like the way that she places syllables and words and like her cadence, like it's akin to like rapping at times. Like I just feel like she is just such a master of like rhythm and syntax and has brought this whole new sound to pop that I just think she deserves to be on this list to me. Yeah. I like that last part um, that I think her sound is it's drawing from a lot of influences, but she feels like a niche in pop music that I think no one kind of did before she came onto the scene. And I like this album a lot. I think it's maybe a little too new for me to speak to it being one of my favorite records of the year, absolute favorite, a top five. But um, there are some really quality pop tracks on this. Uh, Mosquito is such a great song. It was the lead single from it. And it's a really addictive single. Um, and the more I listen to it, the more I can commend her for it being a little more extroverted and bright than To Hell With It, which is her 2021 mixtape, which I really loved. Um, and... Yeah, I think this is a really fully formed debut for her. And I think she's taking a lot of risks and I'm excited to see where she goes from here. I think Pink Panthers is such a genius. She has so many imitators and no one True. is coming close to what she does. No okay. one. Um, I, again, I haven't spent as much time with this album because it came out, what, a, a week, week ago? ago. Yeah, it came out a week ago. ago. Um but I have, like, no qualms. Um, I think she just makes unabashedly really fun music and unabashedly pop. Um, and I, I'm just excited to see how she kind of grows and develops as yeah, an artist. Yeah, that's the note I guess I'll leave off on is that this feels like someone who has mastered their niche and I'm curious to see where she goes from here because I will say the album doesn't display the most versatility, um, which is okay. I think that it's versatile within this kind of sonic world that she's created for herself, but I'm interested to see if she steps out of that. In addition to Mosquito, which is the track that Chris named, um, I want to shout out the track Feelings, which is a lot more moody, um, and dark um, for her and also the song Capable of Love which is the longest song on the album uh, also a single um, and I think that that song is just really cinematic in a way that um, a lot of her other songs are not and I think that it shows that she has this kind of long term um, pop uh, capabilities moving on to our number three pick why don't we go to you first Eliza because I'm curious what you have to say about this particular record um, yeah, I mean, hearing all of your guys' picks, I'm like, those all belong somewhere on my list, too. Um, but I just wanted to speak to an album which you guys hadn't um, put down, which is Live at Bush Hall by Black Country New Road. Um, Black Country New Road is um, a British band. Um They've released, I think, two albums before this, all to great critical acclaim. Um, they're 20, yeah, they released an album in 2022. It was called Ants From Up There um, and immediately embraced by a lot of people as a classic. Um, 
and uh, it's they're all so young. All the band members are like twenty three, and they all went to this prestigious prestigious music conservatory together in London. Um, uh, but their lead singer left, and so instead of breaking up. They kind of just put together, they kept making songs and they put together this live album, um, live at Bush Hall, and it's so awesome. Um, and I don't know, it just kind of is a testament to their passion, um, their talent as musicians, um, their strength as songwriters, and just like their collective chemistry is so impressive. Um, I went and I saw them live with our friend Dina <laughs> um, in, I think, September, and they were they were really good. It was the quietest concert I've ever been to. <laughs> you could hear people opening beers in the crowd. <laughs> um, there, you, you literally, yeah, you he- heard pin drops. Um, but, yeah, they're just so awesome, I think. Um, some of the highlights of that album for me are Up Song, which is the opening track. Um, I really like the song called The Wrong Trousers. And I think by far my favorite song on the album is Turbines, Pigs, which is such an amazing, gorgeous, sad, just and such a beautiful song. Um uh, which with some really just incredible poetry in its lyrics. Yeah. Love. I took a brief listen to this record when it came out earlier this year. Um, I found Black Country New Road last year when they released Ants From Up There, which I was totally caught off guard by. Um, I was not expecting, I had no expectations going into that album because I knew very little about the band. Um, but there are so many amazing songs on there and it's really, I think because of their lead singer that they gained the reputation they had, um, last year and the year before that, um, just because of how heartfelt and open and raw his lyricism was. Um, and of course they're all such talented instrumentalists, but when he announced shortly after that record or right before it was released that he was going to be departing the band, that kind of felt like a death knell in the moment because it was such a new band. It had only been, what, one or two years old at that point. And so I commend the people in this band for finding a path forward without their, like, quote-unquote star. Um, And I think that this live album displayed a lot of creative versatility from them that I don't think anyone knew they had in them. So Mm -hmm. Now we'll move on to my number three pick, um, which I think is a fitting follow up to that um, discourse because I think this album is also um, you know anchored by its poetic lyricism Um, and this album is called Javelin by Sufjan Stevens. Um, Sufjan is one of my favorite artists of all time um, and he has been you know around making music for a long time Um, and this year was a particularly notable year um, for Sufjan on a personal level. Um, he was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder called Julian Barr syndrome that has left him hospitalized through the rollout of Javelin. Um, and when the album dropped, he also revealed uh, that he lost his partner earlier in the year. 
Um, and the album just really speaks for itself, um, as I believe most of Sufjan's work does. Um, it's a, I, I wouldn't call it understated. I would call it a quiet and reflective album as a lot of Sufjan's work is, but here like, um, like lush, like it, it's, the production is really lush, but lush doesn't mean loud. Um, like he explores a lot of familiar themes of, you know, faith and love. Um, but it's just done in such a wise and reflective way that I believe Sufjan has just completely mastered. Um, I think that he's incapable of making anything, um, you know, trite or overly self-indulgent. Like I believe that when he sits down to write music, like it is just nothing but like, authenticity and like self reflection and I'm just kind of going in circles here but all of this to say like I just think that he is an extremely wise person and he's able to channel um like really complicated concepts into really like emotionally affecting lyrics um and I would say that I would compare the sound of this album most to his record Carrie and Lowell which is probably his most famous um just because it is kind of um it's on the folkier quieter side um but there's tidbits of all the different Sufjans in here when it comes to um the kind of sonic palette of this album um honestly you have so much exploring still to do with this album it's not one that's gonna sink in on the first listen um but yeah I, I really think that there's some stellar tracks on here i want to shout out specifically the opener goodbye evergreen which is you know unexpectedly explosive it really kicks the album off um and then one of the lead singles will anybody ever or one of those singles will anybody ever love me um is just equally devastating and um heartwarming <laughs> um i think that he's able to kind of do both at once um yeah I have not spent nearly enough time with Javelin. Fitz knows I need to do my homework on Sufjan really badly. Um, but I did give Javelin a listen when it first came out. And I also agree with Fitz that this is a really beautifully contemplative record. And I want to echo Fitz's comment on Will Anybody Ever Love Me? That has to be probably one of my favorite songs from the year. I think that's a really excellent song. And considering what he went through personally this year, um, it gives the song new context that is just all the more heart crushing, I feel. That's a really beautiful song. I also need to do my Sufjan homework. Um, but yeah, from what I've heard of this album, it really just is a knife in the gut and um, so much respect for Sufjan as an artist. My number three pick, we're going to go through this one quickly, but stay with me while I say this title. Praise a Lord who choose, but which does not consume or simply hot between worlds by Eve Toomer. Um, Eve Toomer is an experimental rock musician who's been around maybe about a decade now, has made so many different kinds of music under several different pseudonyms. That title is so long. I have to like take a breath. Um, but I think this record, which is Toomer's third for Warp Records, um, probably their catchiest, most instantaneously gratifying and commercial work. But um, it doesn't really sacrifice any of the kind of wild glam rock demon persona they're known for in their music and live performances. 
And I just think their artistry really satisfyingly fuses together experimental and mainstream sounds. The production on this album is so fantastic, in my opinion. It's this really successful and chaotic and dark fusion of kind of psychedelic and punky strains of pop, rock, and electronic that culminate in something that feels extravagant and epic, something that feels maybe in the vein of Prince. That's something that comes to mind. Um, also, I get Freddie Mercury and I get David Bowie off of Tumor's vibes in general. Um, and it already just kind of feels like a very kind of playful, classic rock and roll album, but fit for 2023. Um, I want to shout out the intro track, God is a Circle, which has like one of the scariest introductions to a song I've heard in so long. It's like heavy panting and shrill screaming. And it sounds like you're just like in hell, basically, but like a very like glamorized version of hell. And I really commend Tumor for just their aesthetic vision across this record. And again, um, I think it really combines the experimental and the mainstream successfully. I don't have much to say about this record. Um, I gave it a listen earlier this week. Um, I will say I find Eve Toomer's whole deal a little bit off-putting. Um, like, like, and what I mean by that is they're just very clearly like high concept and very like artsy and like I just find it kind of like pretentious at times but who am I to speak um as someone who has not gotten like deeply into them but I'm just like look at the album title like it's long and and it's just like it's also just like very like oh I don't know think hot between worlds would be yeah that's like if that was just the record title that would be so much cleaner you really think you're it that's but but (laughs) but maybe they are maybe they are so they give that energy (laughs) yeah i think it's actually pretty courageous to be so um so avant-garde um when you're kind of you are a figure who um is pretty well known in the more the indie sphere, the you indie might say. Sphere, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I can appreciate I'm have not spent that much time with this album, but I think Eve Two More is pretty compelling. So we just gave you some of the picks that we're individually passionate about. There was some overlap, but our top two records we wholeheartedly agree on, and we're ready to get into it. Mm-hmm. So at number two. We have, did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard by the one, the only, Lana Del Rey? Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. (laughs) I didn't know that, actually, that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. Did you know? (laughs) Well, I do now. Um, Do you? This album, stunning, classy, gorgeous, amazing, incredible show-stopping spectacular completely not ever been done before Um, truly no but really this is okay so i'm i'm a big lana fan i've been a big lana fan for a long time i think that's true for all of us this album from the get-go of this era it was clear that she was being very intentional with this era um and to me this is her best album since norman freaking rock world. I would wholeheartedly agree um, with that. Yeah. 
it's just like bl- I, th- I think that this album something that it does really expertly is it blends her wide range of sensibilities that she's kind of culminated throughout her career in such a beautiful way um i think that a and w um which was one of the singles from the record in my opinion it is the centerpiece of the record it's the best song on the record give that one a listen for sure um i think that it you know serves as a site of this kind of cross-pollination um it's really introspective um there's a lot of commentary in it it's really smart um and it kind of carries this new style of songwriting that lana has kind of honed since nfr i believe um but it also has like a sense of playfulness and swagger and style to it um, especially on the second half of the track um, which is just a complete switch up from the first half um and i just think that it is kind of a microcosm of what the whole album is able to do um just kind of blend all of these different lanas that we've gotten to know um and come out without feeling too like self-referential or um you know i just think that it's it's an amazing album the album feels like a mosaic i kind of agree with you that it takes the best of every single era she's kind of dabbled in before and i think it really makes this kind of stunning patchwork you have the trap section on the back end of the record that's maybe reminiscent of a born to die or a lust for life you also have some of the more family-oriented lyricism and introspective lyricism that pollinated a record like Blue Bannisters, which to me had me on the verge of being like, I'm not with you anymore, Lana. (laughs) I had a serious lapse in faith with Blue Bannisters, but thankfully Tunnel is the comeback that we knew she had in her and deserved. Um, But across the record, I think also the kind of like grand orchestral sounds you might hear on NFR pop up here. The songwriting is so smart and sharp, and I think it takes her kind of classic Americana imagery, which she's so known for. And it turns that on its head in certain instances, but the record is really at its best when she's singing about her family. It's just so beautiful in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, with Lana, Lana has nothing to prove. Like she is going to be, she's a defining artist of our generation she has so many timeless classics and she's still kind of reinventing herself in a way that doesn't feel contrived at all and still feels in touch with like the person that we know and love. So I'm, I mean, I will never speak ill on her. She's like a princess Diana figure. Have I told you guys this? Like the way people feel about princess Diana that's kind of how I feel about Lana. Like <laughs> she's just uh, that's just a good woman um who I respect so much. Um yeah, I just feel like she has found a kind of new peace in her personal life and that is reflected in in Tunnel. And I don't know, it's just so beautiful. Um not to be um, <laughs> um one of the one of the what is it a court in the chorus in the <laughs> a member of the chorus a member a of the chorus. the chorus a voice in the chorus <laughs> I don't know one of those things um. okay wait let me let me let me start again <laughs> not to just repeat what everyone's been saying but let the light in is just like. I don't even know if it had been released like in the 70s 
early 70s by some, I don't know, um, folk rock person, I think it would like have that longevity. I think it's an all time. It's a beautiful duet. There are so many fantastic songs on this record. It's so hard to pick one. I love A&W, like Fifth's mentioned. Jack Antonoff mentioned that that was actually his favorite Lana song ever to produce, which when you hear it, kind of makes total sense, I feel. Um, And I also love Let the Light In with Father John Misty. It's just a beautiful duet. Um, If I had to pick one track to take with me, I think it might be Kintsugi, which could not have been the song that I picked when this first came out. But Kintsugi has stuck with me. I think it's maybe one of her most beautifully written songs. And it warms my heart, even though the subject matter is really depressing. Yeah, one word I would use to describe this record is sprawling. Um, It is not the tightest, but I think that that works in its favor at times. It adds kind of like a journal-esque feel to the whole thing. Um, And so all of that to say that there is just quality material up and down this whole record. um, And you absolutely need to give it a listen. But... The album that you must listen to from 2023, our mutually agreed on number one pick far and above. Get your pen and paper out, get your notes app out and listen. (laughs) This album is called Desire I Want to Turn Into You by Caroline Polachek. And (sighs) this, this album, like it cannot be overstated how much it blew me away this year. It is by far my most streamed album like probably double any other album um and (laughs) well yes and it is also my favorite and that's not the same thing all the time you know i think that this album is the perfect combination of just pop replayability um and it kind of has like the lovable um catchy quality of good pop music while also being extremely artful and extremely eclectic and forward thinking. Um, And I just think no one is doing it like Caroline Polachek. I would have to agree 100%. You're not going to find me questioning any of that. Eliza and I had such a wonderful experience with this record. (laughs) We were studying abroad in London when it released in February and the night of its release we went to Rough Trade Records in Brick Lane for a meet and greet and a poster signing with Miss Polachek herself and that was the first time we listened to the album in full was in the store while we waited in line for for three three hours. hours we listened to the album on repeat and I remember Eliza and I would look over at each other and just gasp and gag every single second (laughs) and then of course we met caroline and she was gorgeous talented sweet (laughs) humble the pictures fabulous um but that was a great way to begin our ever-evolving relationship with this high watermark master class musical achievement and you think i'm being superfluous i'm not exaggerating in the slightest I think this could be one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, this is a masterpiece. Um, Chris and I, I was losing it a little bit when we were waiting for three hours. I had never done a meet and greet like that before, and I just was not expecting the three hour wait. But 
being able to stand there and rough trade with you and just hear take it all in like pretty impossible for the first time um like wow like whoa that was really incredible and memorable and beautiful and then caroline being the first person to tell me that she yells my name she yells the name eliza it's a sonic motif throughout the entire album um, you know she got a shout out on the album, right? <laughs> I got, I got, a sh- I literally got a shout out on the on the album. Was beyond that. I am gonna have bragging rights for that, from that forever. Um, Deserves. Um, but yeah, Caroline. She is so talented. She's re- literally been around for like seventeen years. Yeah, and she's still just pushing the boundaries of what we can expect from her. She's just such a genius. Totally. Yeah, so this is her sophomore record technically after 2019's Pang, but as as Eliza alluded to, um, Caroline has been around the block. She's an industry veteran. She um, released a couple albums as um, one half of the indie pop duo Chairlift. She also released under some other monikers. Um, And you can just tell that this is someone who has honed their craft over such a long time. Um, Her lyrical style is like no one else that is writing music these days. She is so poetic, often abstract, but always so illustrative. Like her lyrics, you might not know, like you might read the lyrics to a song and not know what she's talking about overall, but each line you can tell like what emotion she was communicating in it. And what is most impressive to me, honestly, about Caroline's work is the world building and the way that she's able to build an entire aesthetic, a world around herself as an artist that is vague enough that it's always kind of expanding, but also like distinct enough that it feels real Um, and that sounds very abstract, but I think that's fitting for Caroline's work. Um, and if you just watch any of the visuals or live performances that have accompanied this era, um, you'll see what I mean about how the attention to detail is just through the roof. Um, and that is true on the production side as well. Um, Danielle Harrell, her collaborator, um, who produced up and down this album, um, Caroline also co-produced on it. Um, but, but together they just pack so much detail into every single minute of this album and it's self-referential um you know self-sampling um and the whole thing just comes together into a flawless package like there is not a single second wasted on this record um and it also is one of my favorite albums of all time i can confidently say at this point Yeah, there are so many eclectic musical and instrumental choices that I love on this album. The track Fly To You with Grimes and Dido, it's breakbeats, but she uses church bells somehow to like perfect effect. There's also Danielle Harrell's baby chirping on the song Bunny is a Rider. There's a there's a bagpipe solo on Blood and Butter, like and also there's a smoke alarm chirping on Hope Drunk Ever Asking, which I think is one of the most stunning ballads I've heard in a really long time. Just echoing everything you said, the production is so immaculately detailed, and you can tell that this was a serious labor of love. 
Okay, Desert Island. We have to pick one song from this album just to close things out. What are you choosing? Um, so this is so hard. Um, it honestly, it probably is one of my. Uh, it's so much harder for me. You guys are so good at like coming up with your favorites, but it's so crazy, like hard for me. But I actually love this album so much. Um, I think mine would have to be billions because when it released as a single what like t- almost two years ago yeah it was early 2022 um yeah i was just so obsessed with it at the time it, i came out the day of my radio show and i played it twice on air i think i've played it like six times <laughs> on the radio um it's just the most amazing like abstract um innovative beautiful like incredible amazing never been done before (laughs) never been done before um also something i love about caroline's lyrics is how visual they are and yeah it's just like using strong nouns strong verbs you know very just you can imagine it in your mind even though she's not kind of talking to uh, talking directly to a specific experience or emotion or maybe she is talking more to a specific emotion, but um, anyway, billions. But I also like billions is in a world of its own, kind of. But I also want to shout out Smoke, which mm. is T. That's probably the most bona fide pop anthem yeah. in the album to me. That or I believe, but Smoke is Smoke yeah. is such a classic. And oh my god, can I just say I love Pretty Impossible too. <laughs> That's a perfect segue because. <laughs> Pretty Impossible is my Desert Island pick. Um, this album, or this this song, um, really, Caroline has said that it was an exercise in kind of going with the flow. The song isn't super structured, um, but it just has, like, such a nice groove to it. Um, it's so um, kind of whimsical, um, and I just think that it has this same um, lyrical quality that Eliza was describing in Billions, that it's just so visual and illustrative. Um while still being very kind of like abstract and ethereal. I am maybe going to catch flack for being basic for this pick, but hear me out. I'm going to pick the lead single, Bunny is a Rider, which came out almost two years before the album came out. Bunny is a Rider, to me, not only is it one of my most streamed songs of all time, it is so oddly addictive. The song really scratches this crazy itch in my brain, just how it's constructed with these baby coups and like these Dembo beats and Polachek's voice is obviously so agile and versatile and the lyricism like we've been highlighting. She's content to just let metaphors be metaphors. You're going to listen to this song and be like, what is she talking about? (laughs) But I think that's part of what makes her music really special is that she has such a sense of humor with her poetry. And you hear that on this song. Bunny is just this figure who's off the grid doing her own thing. And that to me is magical. And I love this song. So as you know, this is the final segment of Snap, Crackle, Pop from the semester. You might be hearing more from us next semester. Stay tuned. Um, But for now, we wish you all a lovely winter break. Um, and hope that you can catch up on some of 2023's best releases. My name is Chris Trino. My name is Fitz Kane. And you're listening to Rhythm Angus.
back to Rhythm and News, the Daily Chosen's arts and entertainment podcast. I'm Amarita. I'm Allison. And I'm Caitlin. And we are your hosts for today's episode. So this is unfortunately maybe going to be the last episode of the <laughs> semester. And I think it's pretty crazy to think that the semester is already over because I feel like it just started. It's really crazy. It's flown by like way too fast. Especially because Allison and I are both freshmen. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like our first, first college semester. semester. How's it been for you guys? Pretty pretty good. Yeah. The college experience. Yeah, the adjustment wasn't too bad, I don't think. No. I yeah, mean, I'm pretty close to home, so I'm only like 30 minutes away. Lucky you. I'm yeah. like over a thousand miles away from home. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Wait, where are yeah. you guys from? I'm from Minneapolis. From okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm from Texas. Oh yeah, I, just, yeah. I think you told me that. <laughs> so are you guys going to go home for the winter break? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I'm very excited. I get done with my finals, I think. On like December 11th, mm-hmm. and then I am on like the first plane out. Okay, yeah, same <laughs> I, Oh my god, same. I'm also leaving on the 12th. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm literally going home on like the 10th or maybe the what? 9th because a lot of my finals are take home, oh. and I only have one in person one on the 9th. So I'm just gonna go home and finish them at home. That's so smart. It is nice. Smart. It's That's very it's gonna nice. be great. Mm-hmm. But I'm super excited for Christmas, and I just love the holiday season. It's Me so fun. Too. Me I know too. I the holiday season it's like I don't know it's like it's a specific feeling mm-hmm. like the way you feel like it's yeah. like nostalgia makes it like warm and fuzzy yeah. <laughs> like I just oh I love it so much and then I it is I did my undergrad like close to my house so mm-hmm. I went home like all the time so now it's a bit different for me because yeah I'm, I mean I'm sure you know how it yeah. feels because you're not from here either um, but I definitely do miss my family so I'm very excited to go back and yeah, see them, I bet. catch mm-hmm. up, do stuff for the holidays. But yeah, so what are what are y'all's like favorite things to do for the holiday season? <laughs> Gosh, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, well, obviously baking Christmas yes. cookies. Absolutely. That's a huge Absolutely. one. There's like a whole list. Like me and my mom, whenever I would get off break, like in high school, we'd make a list of like, okay, what cookies Aww. are we going to make? And, like, check them off the list as we made them, like, the week leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, so many recipes. We've got, like, frosted sugar cookies, homemade Love. ginger snaps. Oh, my God. Wait, ginger I want some. Snaps. Literally, bring should be some over. <laughs> seriously, I've been, like, craving Christmas cookies oh, lately, too. too. Like, as we get closer and closer, I'm like, oh, a good Christmas cookie. My family has, every year, again, only a Christmas thing. We call them, like, Oreo balls. And mm. it's just, like, you crush up a bunch of Oreo with like cream cheese and Ooh. then you like roll them into balls and dip them in like white oh, chocolate yes, i've made these before oh yes. my god they're addicting. wait i've never heard of that that sounds oh so good really? yeah so good i feel oh like god. it's one of those recipes that's like on the back of the oreo package yes. or the cream cheese oh, box or yeah, something yeah. but they I'm are gonna have so to check good. that out yeah so good and then we usually always have like a hot cocoa night oh, the day before ooh, i love hot cocoa. Like hot cocoa and then we do like um and we have them with the cookies Mm-hmm. And then we also do like whipped cream and sprinkles on top and stuff. Yum. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is like, I mean, we don't celebrate Christmas because of my religion, mm-hmm. but my mom started selling, celebrating it when we were younger, when she like came to the States and she was like, I don't, I didn't want you guys to be like left out when you went to That's school. That's so sweet. Um, Cause I like talk to other people that are like, oh yeah, I don't celebrate Christmas. And they're like, but like, why do you kind of low key celebrate <laughs> Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it was my mom. She like just recently told us like a few years ago. She's like, we d- I didn't want you guys to be like left out when you went back to school yeah. when you were younger, like pre-K or kindergarten. And everyone would be talking 
talking about like Christmas and what they yeah. did and what they got and you would have nothing to talk about. Oh, and I was like, wait, that's actually so nice. Really so then, cute. yeah. So then that's just been happening since then. Cause yeah. I was like, we don't celebrate Christmas. Like, why do we have a Christmas tree? And <laughs> why do we like, you know, do Christmas stuff? I feel like but Christmas is so commercialized and Oh yeah. So for sure. Yeah, it's just sure. everywhere really. Oh yeah. No, one of my friends who's Jewish, yeah, she still like does the whole shebang like Christmas. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I yes. feel like it's not even like associated with like the a holiday. specific religious no. thing or anything yeah. anymore. I now just I associate it with like family. Yeah. It's like me a familiar too. aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think good but also i guess that also goes back to it being commercialized and getting yeah. each other presents and yeah. stuff but i don't know to me the best family. part is the cookies that <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely christmas is like my favorite holiday which is the most basic answer but i don't care it's there's a reason that's it's the justified. most basic answer yes and so my family does something that i don't think most people in america do but we celebrate saint nick's day Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, it's basically on December 6th, and it's mostly celebrated by people in the Netherlands, Germany, and France. Cool. Um, and some people celebrate it by putting out wooden shoes. I think that was, like, historically what you were supposed to do. But we don't do that. We've always just used our stockings. We, like, hang them by the tree, and in the morning we get little stocking stuffers, like um chocolate peppermint bark maybe like christmas socks uh, my family also always has an apple and an orange in our stockings i know it's oh. weird it's a tradition for us both my parents are doctors so maybe that's <laughs> right. Right, the apple, but yeah. apple a day keeps the doctor away that's no why. i don't know why i don't even know when that started but i've never had a christmas without a little apple in my stocking that's cute. It's yeah. kind of like, so my dad, every year, his gift to everyone is socks. So like, I love that. Stocking, <laughs> socks, you always need yes, socks. Every day. So you can't yes, say you anything do. about it. It's so funny though, because it's like, a, we'll have like socks in our stockings. So it's like, oh, like what's in our stocking? Mm -hmm. Socks. But yeah, it's so true. It is like everyone, everyone needs socks. But the best part is my dad, like every year will be like, oh my gosh, socks. And he'll be like, oh, I wonder who gave you those socks. It's like, <laughs> I dad, we know it. it's you. It's so funny. It's you. That's yeah. kind of like, that reminds me of when we were like at that age, when we like were starting to realize, you know, Santa yeah. is a Wait, real. Yes, I parents. literally have a story about that. And then our parents would be like, I wonder who gave you yes. that. Yes. Like, They're like, know it's this you. one's from Santa. This one's from mom. And they would like I'm repeatedly like, oh. deny yes. it. Yes, yes. <laughs> or you'd, you'd open it and they'd know so much about the present. And it was so suspicious. Like, if Santa gave this to me, then why do you know so much about it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my, how I found out, I don't remember how old I was, but um, I walked into my parents' closet and I saw the same <gasps> wrapping paper that I think that, that Santa used, <laughs> and I was like, "That's weird. Yeah, why? Why are they using the same wrapping paper?" I actually think the wrapping paper was the same way that I mm -hmm. found out too, because I was like, "Why is the same wrapping in the closet? Yes, it's always yes. in the closet. Like, why is it in the closet?" It ruined the Christmas magic. That For closet. Me, it was realizing because I like had I would get my presents all together like in a pile in front of me. And I remember looking at a present that was like from my mom and one that was from Santa. And I was like, wait, the handwriting is the exact oh same. Oh my gosh. And then like having a conversation. Putting that together and with my dad it out. and being like, dad, is Santa, Santa, like, are you guys Santa? Are you Santa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh my funny. gosh. Similar to the socks, um, every Christmas Eve, my brother and I open one present and it's always Christmas pajamas. <gasps> yeah so we get can, new like, ones wear them when you yes and them. we we wear them to bed that night and then we have them in the morning and it works Aww. perfectly 
Yeah. And we also watched The Polar Express, which we'll get into yes. um, Christmas movies later. But um, I know some people hate it, but I watch it yeah. every year. It's so it's fun. Just, it's just a tradition for me. I get it. It's It can be a little boring, although it hurts me to say that because I do watch it every year. Mm -hmm. But it's like just what we do. We play it in the background. My mom has literally, literally told me that she's never actually watched it. What? And we've, we've watched it every noise. single year. And she's <laughs> like, you know, I've never actually sat down and watched this movie. I'm like, what? We've played it every year. Yeah. It's like, this year you can sit down and watch, and watch it. Yeah, yes. right. I just think that for me, I just associated it immediately with like like elementary school and when I was younger because we used to, that's they would always play the Polar Express yeah, when we true. were in class. Um, and I guess there's kind of like a nostalgia aspect to that, but also I'm like, I don't think I can watch it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's kind of background noise. There are so yeah. many advent calendars out. I swear mm -hmm. it was like November 1st. I walked into Target and already it was like... That's when I start Christmas. celebrating, so... Really? <laughs> yes. Crazy. My dad gets so mad at me. He's like, it's not even Thanksgiving. Same. Don't play your music. I know. You're, you're, you're either one yeah, or Yeah, you're either other. November 1st person or you're an after mm -hmm. Thanksgiving person. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been forced to be an after Thanksgiving person because my I'm dad, he's like... Person. You can't. My dad is like that too, but slowly I've turned him mm. into listening to it after... Halloween sure. and it's not even that he wants to I just I play it anyways yeah so what can he do at that point exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love all my traditions though they're so fun yeah I feel like it, it definitely helps you get into the spirit like in the weeks mm -hmm. prior to Christmas or even yeah. just winter those are honestly mm -hmm. more fun like then Christmas happens and it's over and you're like what happened? Like really? the weeks before oh Christmas God. are more fun to me than Christmas morning. Oh, 100%. I actually, I totally agree with that because then Christmas is over. The, just the holidays, all the holidays yes. are over and you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh. And then the, the New year Year's over. No, then it's just, <laughs> New Year's is when you have like, I don't even know, an identity crisis. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah, because all the holidays are done and then you're like forced to think yes. that the year is over and the new year yes. is beginning and you're like, oh, oh my, my God, God, oh my God. Like, I don't even want to think about right now that it's going to be mm -hmm. like, what, 2024? That's not real. That's not year. real at that's all. That's not real. No way. <laughs> Time <laughs> stopped no way. when it became 2020, I swear. Oh, yeah. 2020 was yesterday right Seriously? no it was yeah. four years ago that's terrifying you're that telling me terrifying. like the lockdown like covid was almost <laughs> four years that's when time stopped seriously or so i saw something like when i was scrolling through instagram and someone was like guys you realize that once it's 2024 2019 will be five years ago oh my god no isn't that crazy yeah michael buble used to have like a christmas special every year i don't think oh. he has it anymore but that would be, like, I remember being so excited, being like, oh, my God, we're going to turn on Michael Bublé's Christmas special and bake Christmas cookies. I love that. I don't know why. I Well, I mean, I was obsessed with Michael Bublé as a kid. Definitely, like, celebrity <laughs> crush moment. But, yeah, I remember being so excited to watch his Christmas special because he'd have, like, I think he'd have, like, special guests on and he'd sing all of his Christmas songs. And there'd always be, like, really fun decorations on the stage mm -hmm. and, like, just lots of holiday cheer. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds so. me of like on um, was it like Disney Channel when they have like their holiday? Oh my gosh! Yeah. First of all, Halloween episodes and the holiday episodes mm -hmm. are the both best. like the best ones to watch. Oh my god! Yeah. For sure, for sure. I remember the Jesse Christmas episodes always being like insane. Those were crazy. Those, those <laughs> were crazy. crazy. Oh my god! Highlight of like my eight-year-old <laughs> life. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Wait, Jesse I missed Christmas that. Episode. Even like the intros. Yes. Yeah, because they oh would like gosh. change the intros mm -hmm. and the stuff for like different holidays yeah and uh -huh. then it was just like yeah 
yeah it was just so good like it was it was, like, it was good time it was a good time that is what like was like the best part yes. of that week or something you'd be like oh the disney holiday episodes yes. are coming out this yes. <laughs> yeah well speaking about traditions some other holiday traditions for hanukkah are lighting the menorah each day okay. of the eight days of hanukkah mm-hmm. um and it's usually lit from left to right and placed in the window and um, each day they recite blessings. So the first night there's a prayer and then two more blessings are said on the remaining nights. And similar to Christmas, they also give out gifts. Okay, that's um, what I was wondering. Yeah, so I what, like they have yeah, like gifts for each day. Yeah, so what I um, learned when I researched was that um, I don't know if historically they would give out gifts, but because of maybe the commercialized Christmas or whatnot, they... I know my Jewish friends get gifts every day. Like they're very small gifts, um, like stocking stuffers, but Mm -hmm. they get a gift each day of Hanukkah. Um, But there's also just this, the giving Hanukkah gelt, which is, gelt is the Yiddish word for money. And it refers to the little foiled wrapped chocolate coins that are commonly exchanged. um, Especially, those are so good. Especially when playing dreidel, which I've played once. I don't remember how to play. My friend used to have this huge Hanukkah party when we were kids. Um, I don't really remember how to play, but I know that you spin the dreidel and then depending on what side it lands on, like, I think you decide whether you get like everything, nothing, half or put something in like they have a little, um, I don't know what that's called, but like a stash in mm-hmm. the middle, like <laughs> that's not what it's called. But like what you take from, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Don't they have like a? Isn't there like a dreidel song? Yeah, yes, there like, is okay, a dreidel I song. I remember a dreidel yeah. song from school. <laughs> yes, wait, I it's coming back in my head. I'm remembering. Yeah. So those are most of the traditions, um, and we can kind of get into maybe music, which is yes. my. What I don't know if that's TV. my. Yes, everything, <laughs> everything. Uh, I've already started listening to holiday music. Like we were I'm saying sure, earlier, you start in I do. I started on November first. <laughs> My dad was so upset at this, but um, I don't care. It gives me happiness, gives me joy, so I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, might as well. Some personal favorites in terms of Christmas music. I have so many. Of course, Miss Mariah Carey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All you I want see for that Christmas is yes, the defrosting. defrosting. Yes. So <laughs> Mariah Carey is truly just Christmas. She is. Uh, there's no other that explanation. TikTok was so funny. It was so me. good. I yeah, I listened to that song on repeat. Oh, I don't yeah. care how many times it's been played. I will listen to it again. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Every year. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's I so also. Good. Fun fact. It's broken three Guinness World Records. This one oh song. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it was also. No, I'm not. I know. She must be getting bank from just this one yes. song. It's like, like Mariah Carey season. And December, like those two yeah. months. Like she just that's how, so that's how she gets all money. her money. Yeah. She doesn't have to do any other performance the rest of the year. No, she's chilling. Mm-hmm. Just check after check after check in the end of the year. My other, well, there's so many of my favorites. I can't even choose. When I was looking through my Spotify playlist to find songs, like, there's just so many more. Mm -hmm. But I really, really, really like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, the Judy Garland version. Mm. I don't know if you guys have listened to it. Judy Garland was Mm -hmm. um, Dorothy. Um, It's so, like, her voice. My mom and I love Judy Garland, so we always listen to her. And her voice is just so magical and beautiful. It makes me want to go to New York City and, like, ice skate around Rockefeller Center and, like, <laughs> cuddle by the fire. Um, people just don't sing like that anymore. No. Yeah. The older, like, Christmas songs, there's just something about it. Like, Frank Sinatra, like, yes. Matt King Cole. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Those wham? Christmas songs. <gasps> oh, okay. oh, my God. <laughs> let's talk about Wham. Let's, that's a whole yes, different please. genre. But let's go there. 
Oh, I last can't... Christmas. Oh my god. I, that... I'm so hyped. Every time I hear that song, I just want to dance around. I just love it's the just so vibes. Good. It's I so good. So good. Wham vibes. I, I will <laughs> listen to it over and over and over. That's the only thing I will listen to. My personal favorite and another one of those like old, like classic Christmas songs is Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Ooh, love. It's in Home Alone. I think that's yes, how I was first introduced yeah. to it. Yes. Uh-huh. But that is like my all time favorite Christmas song. Like without a doubt, whenever it comes on, like that's the song. Mm-hmm. Like talking about Mariah Carey, like defrosting. I feel like if once I put that song on, like the Christmas spirit yes. in my heart defrosts. Something about her voice in that is yes. so good. And she was 13 when she recorded that what? song. What? Oh. I did not know that. I know. I this is news to me. Yeah. So what are go-to, everyone's go-to TV shows, movies Oh my gosh, watch so many. I have a ranked. Oh, thing. you ranked <laughs> Yes, them. I ranked them. I have my <laughs> top six. Ooh. I don't know why six. I... I know five makes more sense, but six, that's all I thought about. So my number one is Home Alone. I agree. Hands down. Yep. I, just yep. everything about it. Something about, like, the soundtrack um, and just everything about it is so nostalgic, so magical. Mm-hmm. The ha- the family aspect, like we were talking earlier about yeah, how Christmas feels like family. Yeah. It just feels like a warm hug. It does. Feels like Christmas season to me. And I feel like it's not like other Christmas movies where it's like someone's learning about the magic of Christmas. It's like kind those, of fun. You can't watch those anymore no. after once you've grown up. No. It's yeah. really hard to watch those. It's <laughs> just like funny and yeah. mischievous. And also it has Catherine O'Hara in oh, it. Oh, love. And I mm-hmm. love her. Looking at your list, I very much agree with your next pick, which is The Holiday. Mm-hmm. A rom-com. I'm obsessed. So good. The soundtrack, incredible. The mm-hmm. cast, Oh my, like, can you imagine oh, having rom-com? Like, come yes. on. <laughs> yes. Staple. It's, it's, I love it. It's so good. And like, the it's such a star-studded cast mm-hmm. too. Like, it's got Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude mm-hmm. Law, Jack Black, and like yep. so many more. <laughs> it's so good. And that's another one that I feel like kind of breaks the like traditional, like maybe more like Hallmark Christmas rom-com. Yeah. Like, it's so different. Like who thought of that as a movie concept? <laughs> who came up with the idea for the holiday? But, but I want to stay in that little cozy cottage. Me too. And yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been recently, me and my sister have been doing like Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. So like Harry Potter, like watch party i guess you could say or we watch all the movies throughout that week but we would like watch the like a whole marathon yeah like a whole marathon because usually they also they like i think they used to when at least when i did used to have cable they played all of them on cable during that time too so we would like watch all of them and then i sometimes we make like butter we're trying to make butter beer (laughs) oh love really hard by the way (laughs) but we try and then we like to watch it but that is like another one that's like it's not Christmas, but it is Christmas because there is like that Christmas scene. In yeah, mm-hmm. so we, we always quote I that think, one where it's I like, think it's that same warm feeling that just yeah, because yeah. they there is a like one Christmas scene in one of the movies. Oh where yes, they, where they get, oh they like, get the, the sweaters. sweaters. Yeah, with yes. the arm. I have um, me and my sister have socks. <gasps> of those. I love They're that. So cute. And then we quote like that. Happy Christmas, bro. Happy Christmas, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah, but that that one for sure. I hope that everyone finishes up their finals. Mm-hmm. Then we can all be stress-free, go home, sleep, have a good mm-hmm. time. Yes, yeah, sleep, eat, <laughs> eat, or eat, eat some bagels, <laughs> eat some bagels, and some Christmas cookies. <laughs> yes, watch some movies, listen to some good Christmas music. Yeah. So overall, have a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Wraps up the last episode of the semester. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this last episode and for listening. 
over the past semester. We've had a great time. We'll see you guys next semester. Yes. Next year. <laughs> next year. What? 2024. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was written and hosted by Caitlin Rumhol, Amrita Sonoration, Allison Mitchell, Chris Torino, Fitz Kane, and guest Eliza Poster. Edited by Abigail Park. It was produced by Auburn D. Artell and Jonathan Park. Rhythm and News is one of four shows on the Daily Trojan Podcast Network. You can find more episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as our website, dailytrojan.com. Visit the episode description for our links and more information. 